You're listening to the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. Hosted by industry expert, trainer, and motivator, Scott Love. Hey everyone, this is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on another episode of the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. It's really nice to have you with me today. In this podcast, today I'm going to talk about two things. First, the mental game of recruiting, and then second, procrastination. I had met Dr. Ken Christian over 10 years ago when I was at a speaker's conference when I first started getting into speaking and training, and he wrote a book called Your Own Worst Enemy. And I read the book, and I called him, and I said, this is the best sales book I've ever read. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, because what you talk about is the issue that most people in sales or recruiting face. It's what's going on in your head, how you feel about yourself, your deservability, the habits of underachievement that you need to overcome, those sorts of things. So I thought that might be an appropriate topic for today's call. Let me first talk about the game, the mental game of recruiting. Just like in most games, recruiting has a mental aspect to that. I think that recruiting and golf are very similar. They're both 90% mental and the other 10% is mental. (laughs) It's all in your head. I always use gaming and game theory as a metaphor for gaining an edge in recruiting because there are no guarantees. You can experience every single human emotion in the course of a morning. Just last week, I had a major group fall apart. Just this week, I had two candidates say they're going to accept different positions and a client reject another candidate. But I also have one candidate going forward for an offer, another one that's getting very close to that, and then two other candidate submittals that I made yesterday. So you know what I mean? It's just really up and down, and you've got to learn how to manage those emotions. Now, I'm one of the few trainers that's actively building a search practice out there. I mean, my last phone call to a client was yesterday. My last client meeting was two days ago. I'm in this business, so I'm right there with you, and I experience this every single day. I think that's one of the things that the coaching club members value is when I answer their questions when we come time to the Q&A. It's all real-time information. I'm not talking about the way recruiting was back in 1985. I'm talking about the way it is today and all the emotions that you face with that. And I think the emotional aspect and the mental aspect is the most neglected part of our business. And it's the most important part of our business. This is what I mean. Look at a new recruiter. They get all sorts of training in the first six months. In the first six months, if you're with a good search firm, you will learn how to become wildly successful in recruiting. Yet how many people actually become wildly successful? Maybe 10% if that. What about the other 90%? Well, they've mentally checked out. They've mentally quit. They've mentally been conditioned that they're not going to get above a certain level of performance. And that's when the mental part of this business can kill many careers. So it's something I think needs to be addressed. This is an exercise that I've done in my seminars, and I'd like to recommend that you do this. Now, a lot of you know I'm not on the live seminar circuit anymore. I might do some here later this year, but look for the emails with that. I'm actually spending a lot of time rebranding and refocusing my online training site, so it's a true full-service learning management system. Launch date's going to be April 1st. Look for more information about that in the near future. But when I did a seminar with a group of recruiters, and these are people that we're really getting to know over a series of two days. When I come time to the mental part, this is a very very emotional time for people. One exercise that I will tell them to do is to pull out a sheet of paper and write down what is that limiting belief that still affects you. You see, sure, you learn how to do the business in the first six months, but there is some sort of a limiting belief that is keeping you from reaching your full potential. I always tell people to write it down on a sheet of paper. Just pull out a a piece of paper, tear it out, write down what is that limiting belief. For some people, they're afraid of success. They're afraid that they're going to get a nosebleed if they start achieving. 
that they're not going to be able to handle it, that they're going to feel too much pressure, that they're going to lose other parts of their life, like their health or their family or their relationships. Other people have a fear of failure. They're afraid of what people think of them, so they don't want to try too hard. They don't want to put themselves out there because if they don't hit their goal, they're afraid people are going to laugh at them or talk about them. Other people have issues with deservability. They don't think that they deserve to be successful. It's different for everybody, but one thing I do know is that every single person that I've met in recruiting has some sort of a mental issue, a mental handicap, something that they have to deal with. And I'd recommend that you spend some time and you just write down what is that limiting belief. You know what it is. For some people, they might feel like they're too young. Other people, they might feel like they're too old. Some people have never achieved success before. And they have this financial thermostat that they are not allowed to go above a certain level. So they start self-sabotaging. So I want you to write that down. What is that limiting belief on a sheet of paper? And I want you to take it and fold it in half. And then fold it in half again. And then I want you to just tear it up. And make a decision. And use this point when you do this exercise. Tear it up. Come back to that point in your mind as an anchor. And tell yourself, I made a decision. I choose not to let that limiting belief keep me from reaching what I really want. And you make that decision. And it's, an, it's a very emotional moment when I do these types of seminars. And the more I think about that, the more I think I might do something maybe in April, maybe in Southern California or, or Houston or something like that. I'm not really sure yet. But it's a very emotional moment. And some people even tell me they take those pieces of paper back with them and they go back to their home and they burn them. And they release the power of that thought, the power of that limitation from keeping them from reaching their full potential. You see, in our business, it's not a matter of what did you bill. It's a matter of what is your potential. It's not an issue of how much money did you make. And this is one of the reasons why my training is not for everybody. That's why some groups, I just know I'm not a fit because my core values are not the same as theirs. Their core value is make money at all costs regardless of your core value system. I just don't think that's a congruent way to build wealth and richness and character, which is where your wealth really begins. If you don't have rich character, everything you get after that in terms of money, it's just, it's just, it's just going to disappear someday. There's no lasting value to that. You need to look at developing wealth in all aspects of your life, not just your pocketbook. Now, when I talk about what your potential is, let me give you an example. I remember I was doing coaching with a recruiter once, and I asked her, I said, what is your full potential? In other words, if you were able to perform at your peak performance level every hour of every day for an entire year and you knew that you wouldn't be burnt out, all of your relationships would remain intact, everything's going to be great. If you knew you operated at that level, what are you truly capable of producing? And she said, well, I can probably do half a million a year in billings. And I asked her, I said, what's the worst thing that would happen to you if you did that? She said, I'd probably be kind of tired. I said, well, are you kind of tired now? She said, yeah. I said, so what's the difference? Get busy. I said, what's the difference? Just crank it up. Get tired later, but you're going to have more money in your pocketbook, and you're going to enjoy your life with a lot more peace of mind. What is your full potential? If you know that you can produce at a certain level in terms of your performance, like staying on the phone, making the calls, being disciplined, being focused, having good time management, waking up, jumping out of bed, saying today's going to be the most exciting day of my life, going to bed relaxed without any thought about work in your mind, spending time with the people that are important to you, being relaxed, all that stuff. What are you truly capable of? That's the question I want you to think about. And I want you to think about that in your mind, whether you're on the sales end or the temp side or the direct hire side, 
however you measure your success, not just financially. For most of us in recruiting, it's easy to look at that number and to use that as our guide as a measurement of success. I think that can be a trap. I think you need to look at a longer-term perspective. If you're setting goals for yourself, starting out in a new niche, give yourself a little bit of margin there. Give yourself some realistic ramp-up perspectives. If you're new to the business, give yourself a realistic ramp-up perspective also. But if you've been in the business at least two years and you've been cranking it out, making the calls, building relationships, you know that there is a certain number in your mind that you can hit, that if you just ratcheted things up just a little bit across all areas, you would hit it. And I would invite you to start that adventure today. Tell yourself, what is it that I'm truly capable of? Then ask yourself this question. What are the three action steps I need to take today to start making that happen? Someone asked me, they said, how long does it take to make real lasting change in your life? And I answered him, I said, five seconds. And he said, what do you mean? I said, that's how long it takes to make a decision. And that's where it all starts. And someone who's been very helpful for me in my own journey is Dr. Ken Christian. Let's listen to Dr. Ken Christian as he talks about procrastination. Dr. Christian's website is maxpotential.com. If you haven't been there, I'd recommend that you go there. His book, several, one of the ones that he's written, his key book is Your Own Worst Enemy. I'd recommend that you get that. I've been able to get him to speak at conferences for the industry, and people love it. And he's even created workbooks just for recruiters that would help you to achieve success in your journey of recruiting. And now let's listen to Dr. Ken Christian as he talks about overcoming procrastination. All right, so we've got Dr. Ken Christian as our special guest. Well, Ken, you've got a loyal fan base with our group. I know I introduced you to the industry several years ago, and you've continued to help me just by, um, I, think the most, I think, the most impacting program you created. And I'm looking for my copy. I don't think I have it here. I think I have it at my house. What was the name of that notebook that you created? Do you remember that? Yeah, Breakout. Uh, it's the uh, Recruiter's Guide, Recruiter's Field Guide to Ultimate Success. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was... Uh, that was an amazing program because it helped me to, to really find some leaks in my game, so to speak, and really shore up issues that uh, I, I wouldn't call them issues. I'd say, you know, character flaws or just thoughts or limiting beliefs or whatever you want to call it. Because uh, let me, let me kind of talk to the people in the group about what I'm saying is that uh, from my experience in coaching a lot of people in the business and, and being in so many offices and meeting so many people is that once you've learned the mechanics of search and sales, that's only going to get you so far. It's the mental aspect. It's just like I was talking with the prospect of mine today, talking about recruiting, and I said recruiting and golf are very similar. They're both 90% mental, and the other 10% is mental. It's all in your head, <laughs> and, and, and it's absolutely true. And yeah, that's we, why We are the limit we're trying to overcome. Yeah, that's right. And that's why with what you have, uh, when I first met you, and it's probably 10 years ago, Ken, I think. I think I met you about 10 years ago. You know, I read your book, the, uh, 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 Your Own Worst Enemy, and I, t- I remember telling you, I said, this is the best sales book I've ever read. And you said, what are you talking about? And I said, because right. this is what keeps most salespeople from succeeding. And I yeah, don't think you'd ever considered that. No, I hadn't. And, uh, I hadn't. You, you, uh, you coached me in that moment. <laughs> and, and I think just the audience of salespeople, of recruiters, people that are involved in a, in a business where they are their own worst enemy or they can be, the way you teach people about performance and their limiting beliefs 
and the other habits that you've seen, like the short stoppers and all the other things that you've been able right. to distill into workable systems and give people exercises to overcome those, you know, right. it's great. I mean, it's, it's almost like you could spend so much time learning that because there's no limit to what you could really learn in your, in your field. And so, right. uh, so I just wanted to, to welcome you to our group and to tell you that this is a group of people that most of them are familiar with you. I know, I know I've gotten you to come out and speak at different trade associations for the industry. Sure. Uh, the sure. feedback has always been, been very positive. Some people are not ready to receive that information, though. That's one thing I've learned, is that uh-huh. they're just not there. They're not at that level of self-awareness to even know right. that there's a problem. And right. I think the people that are in this group, uh, that's not what they're all about. The people that are involved in this group, you know, they have to pay for it. They're investing. They want to get a return for that. I don't blame them. And they have to work right. at the training, and they have to work, and they have to spend time. That's why when I promote this to people, I say this training program is not for everybody because you've got to work right. at it. And if you're not willing to work right. at your training and your own development, it's not going to work for you. You know, and I tell them, I say, go, go spend money on something else if you're not, not ready for that yet. And so yeah. I think this is a group of people that, you know, we're, we're ready to hear what you have to say. And I know we talked specifically about the program of procrastination. So, so sure. I'll, I'll let you kind of start talking and, and sharing your pearls of wisdom with the very uh, eager audience this afternoon. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me say first, you know, I, I really talk about work uh, and a lot of people who uh, talk about, you know, marketing your services and stuff say, don't, no, 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 don't put the word work in there. And, and you've got 15 <laughs> tasks. Don't put the word task in there. People want to hear that uh, there's something where they can, you know, do a switch here or where, you know, so get off the call if that's where you are. But, yeah, that's right. Um, that's great. That's great. But, but the truth is, this is not. This is like if you're working on something that's the love of your life, you're working on it. But it's like you're polishing something. You're you're enhancing the sheen of something. You're doing something to increase your skills. If you go to a gym, you work, but it's not work that you abhor. After you right. get into a groove of doing it, you say this is like you know mother's milk. I need this so. There is an effort that has to be exerted, but first of all, there has to be a decision that's made that you are, in fact, willing to do better than you're doing now. That's going to sound kind of crazy to some of of maybe of your people's ears because they say, well, why would I be here if I weren't willing? But inside us, we have these funny little stops, and you and I have talked about yours. We've talked some about my own. But we have these places where we go, we, I can't, you know, is there a number higher than 99? I can't go any farther than that, or I can't imagine that. Or if I really think I'm going to do seven figures this year, it's so far away that I will be lying to myself, and how could I do that? But the procrastination part, the reason I want to talk about that is that I'm convinced these days, Scott, that that is the it's delay and postponement. Procrastination is a form of delaying something. It has a particular quality that's a little more rebellious, but we also, people who are procrastinators tend to cling to it because they kind of like it. And we can talk about the reasons people like it because there are some things about it that feel advantageous. And until people really see that, they're not so ready to, to let go of it. But... It's postponing and delaying 
where you want to be that's, that's absolutely crazy. And it's, it's, it starts to drive me nuts these days with people that I work with. Not nuts that, you know, what's wrong with them. Nuts that I, I can't wait to help them start to shed that stuff because the most exciting way to live is to move forward and embrace what's going on and put yourself on the line for the bumps that come along with it. Right. Keep talking. So that, You've got good does content. That, sound too, does that, that doesn't sound like poison yet, huh? Okay. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Here's what, here's what I would love, Scott. Do people have the ability to, to write questions as we go along? What they can do, they can, they, can, uh, they can either email me and I can answer them, or we can ask them, they can unmute themselves if anybody has a question. Well, as we go along once or twice uh, or three times, I'd like to say, you know, if there are any questions now, but if there were a little box that people could put them in or if they could email a question, it would be great. But I'm going to talk, what I want to talk about is um, postponement first and delays. You and I could have something we decide to do on the phone, like a call like this, and you could call me. And you could say, you know, I need to delay this. Something's come up, and it's of really important, great importance for me to go uh, up to New York. And I've got to be there, and it's going to make a lot of difference. I want to delay this, but I still want to do this. How soon can we reschedule? And that's to delay something. And it's like a conscious decision weighing an opportunity versus whatever cost it is. Now, the trouble with delays is that people – can abuse that particular thing. If you did that with me, that would be clean. And if I did that with you, that would be clean. Um, if there were really a terribly overwhelming reason why or, or a huge opportunity, and we could easily reschedule it and not upset the audience. But people <clears throat> begin to abuse it because they start to delay just because they don't feel ready. And <clears throat> you know, Scott, and I know that Anything that's a significant, important, and valuable change, we don't feel fully ready for. And it's the idea that we have to be fully ready and we have to do some massive salt mine labor to get ready to do it. That's the part that's really crazy. There's so much research out now on people taking time to think something over. And the discovery is that people know almost instantaneously that this choice, A, B, or C, A, is the right one for them, but they think they should be prudent. The voice that says you should be prudent in that case is usually something that's going to undermine you because the, the, research, evidence, the research evidence is that if, I, if people think they, they want, first of all, numerous choices, and they want time to think them over, now, both of those are false. It turns out that people who think over several choices never wind up feeling comfortable with the decision they made in the way that they would if they were given only two choices and told they had to decide that moment. And, and they've done the research. I mean, this is not based on somebody speculating. This is hundreds of subjects being given a choice between two things and having to decide now and then measuring their satisfaction with the choice they made later. Because what we tend to do if we have time 
is to drive ourselves crazy obsessing and, and weighing and then thinking, yeah, but this part of it's positive and that, and you never get to like any of the choices because you see downsides in each of them. Whereas people who go ahead and decide, the, the research shows that they're much more satisfied with the choice they made because they didn't pollute it with a bunch of other considerations and they got to work on it and they started doing it or they got to play at it and started doing it and they were in the soup that they really wanted to be in. Wow. So it's completely counterintuitive research. So why do you think people, do you think it's a self-esteem issue or they just a deservability issue? I think when, when you or I are on the verge of doing something really important, we mistake the sense of arousal that we have, which is physiological arousal, and we, we label it fear when it could as easily be labeled as excitement, that fluttery Indeed. feeling, that fluttery feeling, like a first date with somebody. You're about to have a first date with the rest of your future, and you know you're going to do something. And it's like you're going to finally, and the longer you postpone, the more you think it's a big deal to move. It's not a big deal to move, except it's a huge deal to move because you're about to start the rest of your life in a different way than the stalling and the postponing and the grinding of the gears and, and driving with your emergency brake on. You know, something that you've said in this and what I've heard you say before has made a big difference for me. And you've even mentioned the, uh, the metaphor of a nosebleed, getting a nosebleed. You, you feel like you're going to get a nosebleed because you're at such a high level of work. Right. And it's, did you ever see the movie Tommy Boy? I did not. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a hilarious classic uh, comedy with, uh, what's the guy's name? Chris Farley. And there's this yeah. one scene, a lot, yeah, a lot of people that are in sales have seen it because he's a salesman. He goes out and he, there's this restaurant, there's this scene in the restaurant where he's telling the waitress, you know, let me tell you why I suck at sales, where he has his sale, he's, here it is, and then he crushes it. And he turns into Jojo, the idiot circus boy, and crushes his sale. And, and it's just a hilarious way that describes what so many salespeople and recruiters do. Because we're not at that point yet ready to receive that abundance or ready to receive that wealth right. where maybe right. it's a self-esteem issue. And so some of the things that you talked about is when I've got a lot going on, in the past, I, I know for a fact I have subconsciously or, or you know, self-sabotaged or, or I just haven't executed as quickly as I needed to. Well, let me wait another day. I just don't feel ready to call that guy. You know, he might say yes. And now I've trained myself. As soon as there's a window of opportunity, I execute. I don't hesitate. And I've been able to save a lot of deals because of that. Yes. So right now, within my practice, I've got a significant number of very large deals that are lined up, ready to close, plus right. another, you know, it's, it's really exciting. And right. I know that two, three years ago, I don't think I was ready for this. You know, personally, I think just the work that I've done in talking with you about these things and getting comfortable with the idea and even in my mind having to uh, tell myself that wealth is a representation of the transference of value, that it's right. okay for me to get paid this much because I'm creating a tremendous amount of value. 
And that's something I've had to remind myself over and over and over again. We're in the business where we don't get paid by the hour. We get paid by the value. If you make a lot of money, you're creating a lot of value. And I think just negative programming from our culture, you know, and, and you know, just the, the whole, you know, people talk about the distribution of wealth now, and now it's not too cool to be wealthy or whatever for what, what society is telling people, you know, just, just uh, a false belief. And so I think that if people see where they're at and they realize that I'm not where I need to be, and if they've been in the business more than two years, well, then they know the mechanics. They know mechanically what they need to do. They need to look yes. at that issue of, you know, yes. are they, do, they, do they not feel ready? Do they not right. feel ready to re- receive that abundance and right. to say it's okay for them to have that? And that's why I started with the word willing. If you're willing to be uh, more affluent than you are now and seriously move your career along, then you are much more likely to prepare for that outcome. But, but for sure, Scott, three years ago, we had a, an important series of conversations about what you could foresee as the next level and, and something you didn't understand was like you had the break on. And it yeah. was, yeah, it was right. tremendous, the release you felt. But you had yeah, to know, that's, that's, to the idea that, that it was really okay. And, and that's something I, I really hope that everybody listening, they, uh, that they can tell themselves it's okay. They can accept it. They're willing to do that. They can. They don't have to drive with the emergency brake on, as you just mentioned. Right. I think that's great. Right. Oh, and, and by the way, for people that want to ask questions, send me an email, scott at scottlove.com. And one, one person asked, Ken, can you shed light on the fact that salespeople and recruiters seem to go through ups and downs in their cycles of success? Yeah, I, I, I can shed the light that I think can be shed on it. Um, we, we are cyclical. Um, life is cyclical itself. There are things that ebb and flow continuously. There are tides. Why would it be any different, different for us? We are energy fields. We're impacted and bombarded. We react but we also act on the environment and we send things out. And sometimes we forget that second one that we can send energy out into what is around us and create things. But one of the things that I've particularly seen with salespeople and recruiters is that thing of if you nail something, you almost feel like you didn't deserve it. Um, I once worked with a woman who was very successful in her career, but she went back and looked, and she almost, for every period of success, made up for it internally to keep the equilibrium where she thought she really should be with a period of time when she wasn't successful. The history of lottery winners is that they burn the money as fast as they can. I have worked with a guy from um, who got very, very wealthy, very, very fast in software three times, and each time he dumped that money like it was a plague. I mean, crazy investments, wild expenditures, and wound up back at zero where he felt in some weird way that he belonged. So I think 
I think if you, you know, I don't know the person who uh, asked this question, I want to say it's an excellent question because it seems incomprehensible and really strange. But I, I know that in the work that I do, I talk to people on the phone before I decide to, uh, uh, for us to work together. I don't, I don't just accept people without really having a discussion. And sometimes I'll get three or four discussions in a row where it's green light, green light, and then I'll get five or nine discussions where it's not green light, green light, and the, and the yellow or red light could come from either side of the equation. Uh, that's almost like it just seems mysterious. Maybe, though, it's nothing more than kind of like odds or some kind of working average. But you know that you can improve your skills and land more completions that go in the right direction when you're on top of your game and you're really clear and you're positive about what you're ready to accept and you're willing to accept and you're not postponing things. This postponing thing, I've got to say, delaying is, is one thing, but postponing and putting off is another thing yet because you just, like, you keep moving the date back for when you're really going to do it. Well, I really appreciated Kim's time for a coaching club call. We finished the call with a lot of questions and answers that I know people didn't uh, anticipate being shared on a podcast. So so I didn't want to put the rest of the program on the podcast since a lot of that was uh, personal information and conversations between Ken and the rest of the group. But two resources for you. One of them is Ken's website. I'd like to recommend that you check out. It's maxpotential.com. Another one is a book that he and I were talking about. It's actually a spiral-bound notebook. It's a series of personal journaling questions that you can write about in that notebook related to the, the, the mental game of recruiting that Ken put together. And I've gone through that at least twice, and it's always given me some fresh perspective on what I need to work on in my own practice. I'd recommend, if you're interested in that, email Ken and ask him about that. Uh, it's not a very expensive product. I think it's less than $100, but ask him about that. It's Ken at MaxPotential.com, and he'd be happy to share information with you about that and how you can get that for yourself. Thanks for listening. Visit the website for free tools, free downloads that can help you build more. It's GreatRecruiterTraining.com. Have a great day. Talk with you next time.